You're listening to The Product Edge, and I'm Jade Bennett, Australia's leading product management recruitment expert, founder of Middleton Executive, and a professional development and mindset coach. In this podcast, I take you on a journey into the minds of exceptional product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, and hustlers. In each episode, I introduce you to experts in their field, and my mission is to help every product professional level up and reach their full potential by providing you with the skills, insights, and tools that you need to excel in your career and gain your product edge. I'm Georgia Hart, Principal Consultant at Middleton Executive and your guest host. I'm passionate about all things product and tech and can't wait to explore some amazing topics with Australia's top product leaders. Joining me today is David Wang. David is a product leader with 15 years of experience building products for startups and coaching corporates in Australia. David is a passionate teacher and the creator of the Product Academy, an online school advancing the art of product management in the APAC region. His goal is to help the next generation of product managers to build world-class products. Welcome to the Product Edge, David. Hey, thank, thanks, Georgia. It's my pleasure to be here uh, and sharing what I learned with the audience. I'm very excited. Um, David is here to talk to us about the three types of roadmaps every product manager needs to master to ensure teams are always focused on the right things in order to create great products. But before we jump into all of that, David, can you just take a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners? Um, yeah, um, I'm Dave. Uh, you can call me Product Dave as you see me on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, I am a product manager, um, been doing it for 15 years, and I run currently, I, I run a online school that teaches people product management. It's called productacademy.io. And I literally quit my job last year to do this full-time because I always say great problems, great products must solve heartfelt problems. And I created a school because I want to teach modern product management to the community and help people get jobs and find fulfilling careers in our industry. Um, Yeah, it's just a way for me to give back to the community that has given me um, so much. So that's what I do today. That's so cool. And I see a lot of your content online and it's really, really impressive. So I recommend everyone go and have a look. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So to get us started, then, can you explain to our listeners the importance and benefits of having a kick-ass product roadmap? Yeah. um, So roadmap is actually something that comes up all the time during my coaching sessions and in my classes. And if you ask, if I put up a a slido of different questions um, for, for my classes, roadmap is always at the top of the list. So I picked this topic because uh, it's one of those topics that can open up into multiple um, areas of product management. Um, So roadmap, um, by definition, is it's actually just a view of your product strategy. So in order for you to create a really good roadmap, you need to have a good product strategy. Um, And to create a good strategy, there's actually three levels that you need to look at. So as a result, there's three levels of roadmap that you must create. Do you want me to explain a little bit more than that? Or Yeah, well, that was yeah. going to be my next question. What are the three types of roadmaps a product manager can create? Yeah, um, so the different types of um, roadmaps are basically, if you look at it from the three levels of planning, there's always some sort of, of objective that a business has to hit, right? So there's got to be some sort of goals roadmap or objective roadmap or themes or initiative initiative roadmap, depending what book you read, they call it different things. But it's some sort of objective that we need to hit by this quarter, next quarter, the quarter after. Um, that's an objective roadmap. 
The second one um, a product manager must know is the product roadmap themselves. And product is basically a solution created to serve a problem or a need. So, you know, basically these solutions that you create to solve the problem or need by timelines. Um, and sometimes you might hear this term product roadmap. Sometimes you might hear this term experiment roadmap or MVP roadmap or bets roadmap, whatever it is, is basically just solutions that you create with the timeline um, attached to them. Um, and the last set of roadmap is, well, what are the features that would be attached to that product, right? And this is the feature roadmap or the feature backlog, as sometimes people call it. And these are the details of what are we doing um, and how are we doing it? And yeah, and you call this like feature roadmap or the release roadmap. Awesome. Hmm. What are some of the things that product managers can do to avoid their roadmap failing? Because I'm sure that happens from time to time. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, that's, that, that could happen. Um, I think the first thing is be really clear about your product strategy first before you create the roadmap. Uh, now, that's very easy to say than done. So um, first thing is, well, let's be really clear about what are we doing? What are the goals that we have, must hit? And that's basically how why you should create a goals roadmap or initiative roadmap or objective roadmap. And you do that with the business and you sit down with them. You have one-on-one -on -one conversations with them. Um, you have workshops with them. You have coffee chats with them. Uh, you go to the, you know, the, the, the staff events and just have conversation, understand what's going on with the business. Align your goals to, to that. Um, that's the first thing. Just come up with a roadmap of that. Um, once you're really clear about the goals, um, then this next thing is, well, let's create some experiments or product or solutions that we should um, create to solve those goals. Um, and to do that, um, you need to have um, a really clear understanding of your customer about the problem, uh, the customer, which is the persona, um, the problem, the customer problem that you're trying to solve. Um, and also the technology as well. Uh, can we do this? Uh, or we, how long does it take if we need to build this? Um, the feasibility side and then viability is like, if we do this, are we going to make any money from this? Um, so that's the second part you've got to be really clear of. And you know that by just constantly talking to your customers, um, constantly iterating on your product, understanding analytics for your product and, and so on. Um, and the third thing is, if you want to avoid failure, is making sure that when your product is heading into delivery, you're managing it, you're keeping on top of everything. Um, you're attending your weekly planning sessions with the development team, understanding all the roadblocks that's happening. And then if you have those three levels of activities done really well, um, then you'll be able to manage failure um, when it comes along. And failure is always going to come. Things are always going to get delayed. Things are always going to miss a goal. That's okay. All you need to do is if you do those three things, you'll be able to manage it when it does happen. I love that. And, you know, we all learn from our mistakes. Mistakes are important to make, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mistake is just a part of learning process. Exactly, exactly. Um, what are some of the most important things to make sure are included in a product roadmap? Um, yeah, um, the first thing is um, any type of roadmap, um, whether if you have an objective roadmap or product roadmap or a feature roadmap, the first thing is the timelines, right? And basically, these timelines are depending on the audience that you're communicating to. So if you're creating an objective roadmap, um, you should include like high-level timelines because the business doesn't move monthly or weekly. It's just too fast. Quarterly or by um, quarterly or half-yearly, it's actually a really good timeline. So that's the first thing you want to include, some sort of timeline. Um, for products, the timeline is about monthly, sometimes um, even fortnightly if you work in a startup. 
And for a feature roadmap, this could be weekly or this could be by release. Um, and release is basically a time period that um, a business defined on when they want to launch something. So first thing is the timeline. Um, the second thing is actually goals. Um, what are we trying to achieve? And if you align all the different levels uh, of goals, then you'll be able to understand, well, for the goals roadmap that we're creating for the business, how much money are we going to make? How much retention are we going to retain our customers? What's the margin and the profit that we need to make from this? Um, and this all adds up to what the business and the investors have, have actually committed on. So if you're planning at the goals level, that's the metric. Um, if you're planning on the product level, the metric is like, well, what are we, what is this product creating and how is that going to hit the, the goal that we have um, agreed on in the goals roadmap? And same thing with the feature roadmap, um, then, you know, figure out, well, what metrics do we need to hit for that feature in order to hit the product metrics, which hits the overall higher level goals and objectives for the business. Yeah, so those are the two things at the minimum, timelines and metrics. And you can add in other stuff as well if you want. Um, there's other things like stakeholders, like who's sponsoring this. You can add in things like what team is working on this. Um, you can add in things like um, what else, uh, what team, and also a progress updates as well, how much percentage of progress. So depending on who you're communicating to, you can add all these ancillary stuff, but at its core, timeline and metric. You talked about having clearly defined goals earlier. How can everyone ensure or product managers ensure that their goals are really clearly defined in the product roadmap? And do goals ever change as the product's evolving? Uh, yeah, goals change um, all the time. And I think this is some this is a misconception a lot of the, the product teams um, actually falls into is they expect the business to come up with goals and the business knows exactly where we're going. Um, and as a business owner myself, it's actually, that's not the truth. That's not true most of the time. And most of the time is uncertain around what, what my business is going and how much sales I'm going to meet next month. And a lot of things are uncertain. So that the first thing is, well, let's be comfortable with change. And, and when you're actually are comfortable with the metric, um, and you know they're going to hit it. It's either you've hit it too late, uh, it's already, you're already behind, or you're just, just going all in into something that is a huge risk for the business. So the first thing, just be comfortable with change. And once you actually launch the product, you need to reset. You need to have a look at what I hoped and dreamed about in my discovery phase. Is that the reality? Are we hitting the sales targets and the numbers that we want to hit? And if we're not, we need to understand, well, why not? Um, and if that why not is going to be unfixable, then it's about time that you need to reset on the goals and say, hey, look, we launched something. Uh, we tried everything we can to change that metric and we can't. So let's let's put a plug or let's change course. But most cases, if you've done your job really well as a PM, you probably reduce a lot of this risk of failure by doing talking to customers and all that stuff. Most of the time, what happens in reality is you launch something, you don't hit the 100% of the goals that you want to hit, right? You hit like 50% of the goals. Um, and that's actually not bad. Um, and that's what the framework of objective key results, OKR, it's all about. OKR is not saying that, hey, this is a do or die metric. You're just saying that, hey, we can probably set up some sort of metric that we can hit about 50 to 70% of the way. And that's good enough because that enables us to learn more and more and more. And hopefully, if you do more iterations, then you'll be able to um, achieve a really good business outcome for the business. 
Uh, OKRs is a de- definitely a topic of discussion at the moment. Yeah. I think uh, there's oh. some debate on going on around that. <laughs> there is, yes, yes. Um, and it's funny because I was in a training course with uh, with Jeff Patton um, two weeks ago. He came to Australia, did four weeks training, and that's actually the question I asked him. I asked, "Hey Jeff, um, I'm struggling when I um, plan for my business that." Like there's OKRs that you read that says, hey, look, it's okay if you don't hit them. Like 70% of the way is good enough. But then when I have investors, I'm not going to tell my investors that, hey, 70% of your, your return is good enough, right? My investors are going to be like, what the hell? So how do you balance that? And I ask that to Jeff. And Jeff says, well, first of all, um, you need to separate, um, you need to either, um, se- you need to separate your accounting metrics to your product metrics because they're two different things, right? As a business owner, yes, you should have a forecast of how much money that you should plan and return to your investors or your shareholders if your business or your public company should do that. But your OKR is not your business metric, right? Um, so your OKR are the experiments, um, are, are, the, are the goals that your, your, your product must hit um, in order to achieve some sort of revenue goal. And sometimes you might miss it. And as a business owner, you should be comfortable with that um, and say, okay, well, we, we, we didn't hit that goal and that's okay because as a business owner, I know that everything I do, it's a bet. Everything, every strategy you put in place could work, could not work. And that's why we have investors. Um, so, yeah, and that really clarify that, that thinking for me is like separating the product metrics and the OKRs to the business metrics because they're two different things. And the whole point of this is actually just to communicate, just to be transparent and know that, hey, we're going to a bet. We're going to an unknown territory. Let's do this together. That's the whole point of OKRs. So that really, yeah, that answers so many questions for me. Yeah, OKRs are something that I've tried to implement in my, you know, recruiting career and mm. I guess setting different goals and, you, you know, sometimes you don't always achieve those goals, but it's not, it's okay. Um, and to also look at the other positive things that have happened in that quarter or that year and not reflect on just the things that didn't go right, reflect on the things that did go right and then building on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if the future is so certain, then I think, you know, then life wouldn't be fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, what are some of the best tools that product managers can use to share the roadmap with the business? Um, yeah, so roadmap um, is, as I said, it's a, it's a view of your product strategy. Um, so the, the tools that you use comes down to, well, what mindset am I going to create with my roadmap? So depending on the different type of company you're in, if you're in a startup, you use a different type of tool. And I'll talk about tools in a second. <laughs> so let me just set up the, the mindset first. For if you're at a startup, then you use one type of tool, scale up different type of tool, corporate separate type of tools, because they all have different mindsets behind each type of company. So for startups, what I usually do is I just keep it super scrappy. I just use a Trello board that is free and it works. Um, sometimes even spreadsheet. Why? It's because there's no point having a scalable roadmap that's everywhere because Two weeks, two weeks later, it's all going to change. So if a startup, use something light, agile, can be thrown away anytime. So a Trello board is fine. Notion, um, Notion, the, the, the tool to, for you to take notes, Notion is going to be fine. Excel spreadsheet, it's going to be fine for a startup. Um, and as you hire more product teams, as you scale, then you should want to move into a tool that is allows you to manage multiple roadmaps at the same time um, because you have different teams. So a really good tool that I've come across is product board. 
Um, product board is like super easy to use. You can create multiple teams. Um, it's got multiple roadmap, multiple views. Um, so product board is actually not a bad tool um, that I've, I've been trying. Um, and for corporates, I usually recommend things like a little bit more heavy tool. So um, like AHA, AHA.io, uh, it's a very good tool. Uh, it's got things like Lean Canvas, it's got strategy canvases built into that, it's got feature map built into that. Um, and you need that um, for a corporate environment because not everyone's going to think like a product manager and you need those tools to drive those conversations. Um, so, yeah, it's about the right tool at the right time. Um, and it can change. And it's okay to change roadmap tools. You don't have to stick with one. Um, but often what I see is that companies use the wrong tools, like a startup using a ha, and they end up spending two hours a day managing their roadmap in a ha rather than go out and talk to customers. So right tool at the right time. And going back to the three different types of roadmaps, does the whole company need to be involved in every different roadmap or would you find that actually different teams are on for goals, different teams are for products? How does that work? Um, yeah. Um, so does everyone need to be involved? Um, I think yes, but it depends on when. Um, so the way I look at it is like, it's like um, playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> right. I don't know if anyone played this game, but you usually go into a battle by yourself, right? And you go there and go, hey guys, I need, I'm a I'm a I'm a magician. I need someone to pick, pick and buff and go and tank for me. And I'm bringing a tank. And I need someone to heal me if I get damaged, and you bring that healer, right? And you usually have a core team of people um that you bring on this this journey with, right? And in in um if you look, if you read Marty Kagan's work and Teresa Torres's work, you talk about this triforce, this triad, right? Which is the product manager, designer, and tech. And I think these are like the core people that you should bring into any level of roadmap planning. Goals roadmap, product roadmap, feature roadmap. And you guys go and battle together and you sort out what you're going to do for your product. And then what you want to do is you want to bring in the right people at the right time, right? Sometimes you, if you need data, then you bring on a data scientist that give you access to data and give you some insights. Sometimes you want to bring in a, a subject matter expert that knows ex really well in that area, bring them along this journey and they can help you solve that problem. Sometimes you want to involve a general manager that can make a decision and you bring them on on the journey at the right time. So have a core set of people and just bring people at the right time, um, depending on different level of planning that you do. And when your product roadmap is, is being presented and, and, and all that stuff. So core group is the Triforce, the Triad, and then bring the right people at the right time. Awesome. So just on that presentation mm. and presenting your roadmap, should roadmaps be shared publicly? Is that something that happens? Yeah, that's a good question. And this is something that uh, has been debated a lot in the industry. And um, that's something that I, there is a lot of like different perspective and a lot of politics in, in the industry and everyone's got different views, same with mine. But it always comes down to it depends. And I said previously, a roadmap is your view of your product strategy, right? So it comes down to, well, what's my product strategy? If my product strategy is being transparent and I collaborate with my clients and that's the way that I want to tackle to market, then yeah, make your roadmap transparent, right? So your clients can come on and customers come on and see how transparent you are and how collaborative you are. That's great. Um, some companies don't want to do that, like Apple. They're not going to make the roadmap public because they that's not their strategy. They don't really care about being transparent or collaborative, right? Because they create they create computers. Um, 
so it depends on your product strategy like and how do you come up with a strategy right that's a bigger question well when you decide to use um a, tra- a public roadmap versus a private roadmap is well what is everyone else not doing in the industry so i can find the achilles heel and say great these guys are all doing that and they're in the red ocean competing against being not transparent great let's stand out there and be transparent um and you see that a lot with like the neo banks that are coming along um up up bank right banks are like oh so so not transparent but then up bank comes along like great we're going to let everyone know that these are the stuff that we're going to create because that's part of the strategy so yeah it all depends yeah one of my favorite fintech apps is raise i don't know if you've heard of raise but yeah. every quarter every month i'm getting update emails this is what we're bringing out this is what we want to improve we've taken on your feedback and we've listened and it's amazing because you actually feel like you're the product's being built for you as opposed to just not yeah uh, the other way around <laughs> yeah you're right yeah, exactly right and you shift from from the from what's incumbent to the new because of that so yeah that's i think it's trans uh, public roadmap or not it depends on on your strategy yeah and i guess that depends how much you share as well <laughs> yeah how much you uh, want to allow to be public there is a risk in that as well absolutely uh if you make it public people might, might look at it and be like oh they're doing that but that's okay i always tell people um, people can copy your features, but they can't copy the way you market your product. They can't copy the way you distribute your product. They can't copy the way you talk to your customers. They can't copy the way you serve your customers. They can't copy the way that your CEO thinks. They can't copy your culture. They can only see the feature that is on the roadmap. But there is so much in a business that cannot be copied. That shouldn't be your, your reason for not to create a public roadmap. Um, it's just strategy. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure our listeners would love to know a little bit more about you, David. What's been one of your greatest achievements? Um, I think one of the, uh, the greatest achievement is it's actually quitting my job last year and, and, and building the school. Um, and I have been so passionate about teaching product management for so long. It's, and I have helped and I've seen so many people who did a course or got something and pay three, $4,000 to do something and they don't get a job. And, and I feel for them and they come to me and they're like, Dave, what do I do? Um, and, and last year I actually like, I had the choice to make like, okay, well, do I continue on this $200,000 a year salary as a head of product or do I give up everything and just focus on something that I really want to do and solve that problem? Um, and that was hard and, and uh, I'm glad I did it. That was one of my biggest achievements. So now a year later, where are we now? Well, I've helped probably over 100 people get a job into product management. Um, I've helped people actually change their lives. I've got a, someone that's got a 30% pay rise and they said, Dave, sorry, I've got tears in my eyes now. He says, <laughs> sorry. He <laughs> <It> says, <laughs> okay. Dave, um, now I can get my wife who's stuck in Melbourne to live with me in Sydney because he couldn't do that before. He wouldn't afford it. So, sorry. <laughs> this is what I'm saying, like, great, great products must solve heart problems. Sorry, I need to take it. And this is the reason why I'm doing it. And this is one of my greatest achievements is really helping people change their lives. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. Can, we can relate to that. At <laughs> we can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is the reason why I'm doing it. It's like this. This is my uh, for me. Is I'm not making any, but is the greatest achievement so far. Hmm. Yeah, and that's the biggest. I think when you get when you change someone's life, it's huge. I remember the first time that I kind of fell in love with recruitment and. Um, someone called me up. I just got him his dream job and he cried down the phone to me. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm really impacting people's lives here. And that's why um, at Middleton Executive, we love the product space because we are impacting so many lives and yeah. we're helping other people impact lives. And that's what we're all set out here to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And I completely agree. And product is one of those roles where you actually scale into. So you've yeah. been a specialist for a very long time. And oftentimes you just stuck at doing one job and product gives people a way to move up. And yeah, it's a hard journey. It's not an easy journey. I always tell people it's like six to 12 months journey. Um, but once you get there, oh, it opens up so many opportunities for you to change your life. So yeah, that's my greatest achievement. Um, I'm glad I'm doing this. And what's been one of the biggest obstacles that you've had to overcome? Um, yeah, so one of the biggest thing is actually being finding myself um when i was um in my previous job um not long ago uh probably like actually pretty long so about, i was eight years into my product role um and i thought i was a pretty good product manager worked at a big company um one of the big brands in australia and i thought i know my stuff um and i did all the courses got all the certification did all that stuff and i was thought i was doing jo- a really good job as a product manager and then I got a two warning letters that says, Dave, you're not making good judgment calls. Dave, you're not, you don't work well with people. Dave, you don't understand the business context of why we're doing things. Two warning calls. I almost got fired for my job. Um, and, and that was a huge wake up call for me because I was like, well, I thought I was good at this stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then I, I you know it took my, um, it, it had a huge hit on my confidence. Um, so and, and that is one of the biggest optical I think overcome. I'm like, well, what do I do now? Like, do I continue to learn more or do I take a step back? Do I change careers? So I stuck to my guns and I said, okay, well, I'm going to start reading um, all the product management book out there. And I spent a whole year, 12 months reading every single book I can get my hands on. And I forced myself to do that every single day. Um, and a year later, what I realized is that, wow, actually, I know a lot now. And, and this, which is why actually got me to give me the, the passion to teach and give back. Um, and I overcome that optical and I am much, much better as a product person or as a person in general. And now I can give back to the community. Um, that was a big hit to, to myself. And I, yeah, and, and it took a whole year to recover from that um, by just learning and listening. Um, re- I reached out to Marty Kagan as well and said, hey, what should I do? Reached out to a lot of CPOs in the industry, say, hey, what should I do? Um, and that was a learning. Is like, okay, well, you're going to get hit a lot in life. And when you get hit, it's about deciding, well, what do I do? Do I give up or do I continue? I guess if I continue. Yeah, so that's one of the biggest optical I overcome, continue down the track and I'm glad I'm still here. That's huge. And I hope a huge lesson to all of our listeners, do not give up when you get a knockback. (laughs) (laughs) We all get knockbacks in our careers. And it's, yeah, the difference is people who carry on or people who turn, turn away and try something different, which also, you know, 
could lead them on to bigger and better things. But if you love what you do and and you're passionate about it, there's always always ways yeah, to find things. Absolutely. David, it's been so nice talking to you today. Thank you for really opening up to us and also giving us some tips and tricks around product roadmaps. How can our listeners stay connected with you? Um, Yeah, um, you can find me on LinkedIn uh, at Product Dave um, and also on Twitter. Uh, Or you can come visit my school, uh, productacademy.io. It's basically a, a free school. You can come to our Friday Lunch and Learn, learn about modern product management um, from someone that's been doing it. Um, you can access to my um, free course. Um, and also there's also coaching and all that stuff as well. So find me on LinkedIn, Product Dave, Twitter, Product Dave, and the website, productacademy.io. Amazing. And lastly, what's your one piece of advice for product managers? Ah, good question. Advice. Customer, oh, there's something I always say. It's, Customers' problems don't change. It's the technology and behavior that does. So that is always the advice I give to people. Stay, stay close to the customer problem um, and be agnostic of the, cust- of the behavior and the technology. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Well, thank you once again, David. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'll, uh, I'll see you at your product school. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Georgia. Thank you for listening to The Product Edge brought to you by Middleton Executive. You can head to theproductedge.com.au to subscribe to Australia's number one podcast for all things product management. I would love for you to subscribe, rate and leave us a review. Until next time, I look forward to introducing you to more product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators and hustlers who will share their insights and experiences to help you level up and reach your full potential.